Sage is fighting the fight. He has fought cities. He has fought counties. Politicians. Naysayers. Hell, he's even fought mayors. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide. And all other things considered homeless? Yes. Broadcasting live from your Alexa device, the Radio Free Network app, iOS, WMBU.org, Many Voices United, and the RadioFreeNetwork.com. And now, from some wooded area in Akron, Ohio, here is Sage of the Rage Lewis. Yo, 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 what is up? Hey, everybody, this is Sage, your friendly neighborhood homeless activist and founder of the Houseless Movement. Here on the Radio Free Entertainment Network and WMVU.org. Many voices united. I'm very thankful that WMVU and Radio Free Entertainment Network allows me this platform to yell at you about homelessness. I realize you're probably not the person I should be yelling at, but I got to yell at somebody. And you're here. So welcome to another hour of me yelling at you. <laughs> it, it depends. You know, I'm starting out the show very amenable. Is that the word? Friendly, happy. The sun is shining, but you never know. I just start talking into the air. And the next thing you know, I get super pissed. Uh, I think the reason I get pissed is because I don't sense other people are pissed. I don't understand. Okay, look, I was uh, in college a musician. I play the cello. I still play it. Not, I'd like to play it more, but uh, play, actually, I'm trying to do duets with my son. He's 16 and becoming quite a good violinist. And so I've been trying to do duets with him and it's been really great. Uh, but you know, schedules and blah, blah, blah. But at any rate, people would say to me, wow, you're so passionate about music. And I, I just like was dumbfounded. I'm like, it's music. Uh, so like, it's not uncommon for me to hear people say things like, wow, you're so passionate. Well, yeah, man, it's life, people. Like, what are you like? Okay, literally, I obviously I get that I don't understand what it's like to be you or anyone else. I'm me, you're you, and I can't empathize fully with who you are. I get it. But don't you feel stuff? Don't you? Aren't you? Don't you get excited about things? Don't you get angry? Don't you get happy? How can you play music and not get into it? Are you just too ashamed? Like, are you too embarrassed to like get into it? Or do you literally not feel it like that? I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is I feel things. I feel for a lot of things. Okay. I feel like I would like people have always said, well, you're so passionate. You're so passionate. Well, yeah, man. Like literally I have nothing else going on other than my life. So yeah, I'm kind of passionate about it. 
There's, it's not like, well, you know, my life is just kind of the side thing I do, you know, but like, really, I'm a, you know, a rock. I really love my rock life, but you know, no, I mean, I've got nothing else going other than my entire existence. So yeah, I'm going to get a little excited about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry if I get a little excited about living. I don't understand. I honestly, I do not understand why people sit around like mild, like, like just like warmed over zombies. I don't get it. I don't understand why people, uh, I don't, I just don't, I just, I literally, I don't, under, I don't understand. Are you not feeling it as much as I'm feeling? Am I a super feeler? Is that what it is? Or are you just, are you feeling it the same way I'm feeling it, but you can't express it? I don't know. I, you tell me, you tell me anyways, but I know people feel things. I, I like, I would go to concerts and you would have like these, uh, uh, mosh pits, you know, mosh pits are awesome. That's people down there totally getting into the music. So, uh, but are those like just super feelers? Are those people that like other people can't understand? Like they look down there with, 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 with like strange curiosity. What, what's going on with those humans jumping up and down and, you know, bashing into each other next going to the music, man. I mean, what's, are they okay? Like, I don't, under, I don't, I don't, I literally don't understand it. I'm almost 50 years old. I don't. And to this day, I don't understand. Do you not feel it? Or are you too afraid to show your feelings? I gotta know. I should do a survey. Anyways, how are you today? Are you good? Are you good? Are, have you gotten the COVID yet? <laughs> I don't mean to make a light of it. I'm a big, I'm all for the masks. I mean, look, do you know my, so I got a pinata for my kid's 16th birthday. Cause I knew he would love it because I've been a 16 year old kid and, and sure enough, they loved it. Like we had five people over. Is that irresponsible? We had five people and we had a, we had uh, a gathering in my garage with the doors open. Was that irresponsible? It was a total of five, four friends and my son in the garage. I have, I, I literally, I have so many questions. Is that irresponsible? Please let me know. <laughs> and well, I did it. Okay. There were five kids in a garage in a pinata and I literally felt bad for the pinata. That thing looked scared. I, it was like a little, I don't know. It was donkey zebra thing. I not no unicorn. I don't know. Like a four legged animal. His eyes were so big as I drove him down, you know, from Walmart to my garage and like hung him in the air for 16 year old boys to just mutilate. Like I'm the guy that feels bad for the pinata. And I'm like, it is cardboard, bro. Like. You know, I feel bad for bees. I feel bad for like bacteria. I feel bad for everything. Okay. I'm I like, I, <laughs> I just, but I, then again, on the, then uh, my hip hypocrisy comes through and I like eat meat constantly. 
I got to stop that. I got to stop eating meat. I just can't. It's so good. Anyways, I'm slowly undressing. You should see me. I'm so hot. I'm so hot. <laughs> me just slowly but surely removing clothes. You would be, oh, oh, you're, you would just be. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. It's better. I have a body and face made for radio. This is awesome being over here. If you've never seen me, just don't look for me. Just don't look. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're here to talk about homelessness. Um, so something I do, if you're interested, is I uh, have a Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash houseless M. It's for the houseless movement. And what I do is I, I, I post out homeless news, you know, and, um, I don't know. Like, I think there's a lot of homeless news. It's, it, it's, uh, the media, I think considering how little the government cares about homelessness that I think the media does a good job of sharing homeless news. And, um, and I've over the years gotten to work with a lot of media and, and uh, people and media people are really cool, uh, generally because they care about things, you know? And so it's fun for me to take media to meet homeless people because you can just see it melting their consciousness. I still don't think people believe that, that, that I don't think most people believe that, uh, People all over America, in your town, in my town, from the East Coast to the West Coast to the North Shore to the Gulf of Mexico, I'm about to sing a song, live in tents and under bridges in the woods, okay, on the streets, uh, in garbage dumpsters, um, in abandoned houses. It's everywhere. I re and the reason I bring it up is because I didn't believe it when, uh, you know, I'd say, I don't know, four or five years ago, I, when I, I was trying to run for mayor, I started talking. That's when I first started here in Akron. I started talking to homeless people and they would be like, yeah, my friend lives over there. I'm like, where? He's like, well, over there in the woods. I'm like, no, does it not? He's like, yeah, people live in the woods all over town. And I'm like, no, that's ridiculous. That, and he's like, come with me. And there it was a guy living in the woods and they're everywhere today. I, so I record this on Fridays and you read, you, you read it. Yeah. You read it on Saturdays. And, um, I, usually record it before I go to the food bank. I usually go to the food bank at about 1130. And um, this is my favorite day is Friday uh, because um, you can't have a bad day giving out food to hungry people. Isn't that strange? Like you are, you know, I guarantee I'm going to um, come across people that haven't eaten 
all day or in days. And that just sends a whirlwind of emotions through you. But the prevailing emotion is always gratitude. Gratitude from the person that finally gets the food, gratitude that uh, feeling the gratitude of that person, feeling good about yourself, feeling that you are making a difference, which of course you're not. <laughs> I mean, you're making a difference in that hour, but I only go out once a week because that's the only amount of time I have right now in my life to distribute food and, um, So, you know, you have to eat three times a day, you know, like a, a typical person should eat at least three times a day. Um, and most of my friends eat once a day, uh, if they're lucky. And so the feelings are direct in polar opposites in one sense you're like devastated that there is true hunger and people say something in akron ohio that um bothers me and homeless people say it uh church people say it uh government people certainly say it and homeless service providers say it and it's they say if you're hungry it's your own damn fault and I've come to resent that phrase by whoever says it. I'm less angry, of course, when homeless people say it. But they're lucky because I run into people every time I'm out that haven't eaten in days. And for you to say, well, that's your own damn fault is once again blaming the victim. And I um, I never get angry when homeless people say it. Homeless people will also say that, you know, it's, it's homeless people's fault that they're homeless. Uh, even when they're still homeless, uh, they have bought the, the propaganda of blaming the victim. We always blame the victim. We always blame the victim. Okay. How many times have you heard, uh, a white guy telling a raped, a woman who was just raped that, you know, well, if you didn't stay out late and wear those clothes, maybe you wouldn't have gotten raped. I mean, it's like, it's what you do. It's, it, and I shouldn't just blame on white women. I, blame it on white women or white men. I blame it on white women too. <laughs> Mostly white people victim blame and then people believe it. Words are powerful, whether they're true or not. You know, if somebody you respect says something, you are inclined to believe it, whether it is true or not. And victim blaming is falls into that category. You hear a, a priest say that like, well, you know, we feel for the homeless people, but they have a certain amount of responsibility themselves. They need to seek help for their addictions and they need to get a job. And those people uh, put me into a 
flying rage of fury because that is condescending bullshit. And I hate, hate leaders, especially religious leaders that vomit victim blaming. Uh, but I hate it in the homeless leadership community. They do it all the time. I hate it in the government. Uh, and it's just a propagate. It's a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of, of their own belief system that, well, they're like, well, you know, Bob said it and Bob knows the homeless. I'm like, no, Bob is a tool and he should go eat shit. Just because he has a job in the homeless community, like behind a desk wearing a tie, doesn't mean he understands homeless people. It just means he has a nice, cushy job. But you know how he got the job? He got the job by victim blaming. Because that's what happens in the homeless service sector, that everybody in the homeless service sector that has the cushy jobs just blames the homeless for all their problems. And that's how they get in. They're like, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, of course we care about the homeless, but I mean, you know, they, they have to step up, you know, they need to show up to the meetings. They need to get here and, 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 you know, get into housing. We're here to help. No, you're not asshole. You're not here to help. You're here to make a paycheck and blame the, your clients. That's how I'll never get a job in the homeless sector. <laughs> in the, and I'm not, I mean, I, and I, oh, I, I think about that. Would, would a homeless service sector uh, organization ever offer me a job? Like I like to play Fantasyville, you know, and uh, like, how would I handle that? And I would, I, I think I would take it and then I would try to explode the um, agency from the inside. <laughs> I would stay there until they fired me because <laughs> I I have enough money. You see, I'm escaping the wage slave world and uh, most people are not able to escape their wage slavery. And I'm certainly not immune. Uh, I think I got another 10 years to go until I can be completely um, free, but I'm pretty free right now. And it makes me dangerous. It makes me dangerous that I'm not a wage slave because I don't need a job at a homeless agency. And if they ever gave me one there, <laughs> I would make it very clear that I would absolutely grow the agency uh, and 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 adhere to the agency's mission statement, which is, you know, to care for homeless people. You know, I would I would get back to being true to their mission and vision, which would entail me destroying the agency. <laughs> so, of course, they're never going to hire me. Unless, of course. They uh, have like they want, you know, a disruptor. Sometimes sometimes organizations, um, you know, want somebody to come in and clean house. And I would I would clean house. It would be awesome. But I mean, you know, these are just like fantasies like, you know. uh, Will I ever get to, you know, have dinner with Barack Obama? Will I ever get to destroy a homeless agency from the inside? You know, just fantasies. (laughs) 
I don't know. Who would you have dinner with? Barack Obama? Oh, you know, Noam Chomsky, maybe. Nah, some revolutionary. Could I go back in history? I don't. Anyways. So, um, I guess that I'm an outlier because I feel things. I, I guess, because I assume most people don't feel things. I actually think that they do, but they're too afraid to, to express it. You know, they're too, exp- too afraid that someone's going to find out what they really think. Um, so, you know, I hate those people. Most of all, I hate moderates. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly talk to a, a raging, uh, Trump psychopath any day of the week over like a moderate (laughs) moderates are bold faced liars. They're doing it just to save themselves. I hear a lot like Sage, you know, you're putting your family at risk. You're putting yourself at risk. You need to stop talking. I'm like, who's left to not if, 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 if I won't talk, who is left to talk? And that's all I'm doing. I've been very vocal about how I am against hurting or killing human beings. Okay. That's off the table. I don't carry weapons. I don't have a concealed carry. I, I support the second amendment. Totally. I'm all about it. I think everybody, especially the LGBTQIA and women and African-Americans should get their concealed carry, get their gun license or whatever you do. I don't know. Gun license. Is that a gun license? I don't know. Go hunting whatever. So yeah, I'm all for guns. Okay. But I'm not going to carry one. And, uh, because look, I just told you, I feel bad about the pinata getting brutalized. Okay. I'm just, I couldn't live with myself and I'm impulsive. I've honest to God, I'd be afraid in like a heat of the moment. I just shoot myself in the head one day. I'm not even joking. I'm very impulsive. So I don't need that around me. (laughs) I don't need that around me. <laughs> um, so at any rate, yeah, I don't keep any kind of, uh, I, I like I'm all I use is words. Okay. But people are terrified of my words. You know, people, people are concerned for me for my words. So like, so I'm fine. Like if my words cause that much concern, then we're good. I don't even need a gun because <laughs> I know how to use words powerfully by attacking organizations that are sacred, like the church and like local government officials. I love attacking local government officials because usually um, somebody will hear it. That's a friend or even a relative of the person. And they're shocked. They're shocked. But, but, but uncle, uncle Dan is a good guy. I'm like, screw uncle Dan. Screw him. He's an asshole. He's a corporate Democrat. And he needs to get out of the way. He voted for, he, (laughs) he endorsed Bloomberg. I'm talking about Dan Horgan, mayor of Akron. spend my next three years trying to get him out of office. So yeah, words are very powerful. I don't need a gun and I'm certainly not going to defend myself with a gun. I don't pretend that my life is any more uh, 
valuable than anybody else's. I would be hard pressed to debate if whether or not my life is more important than that pinata's life. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. You shouldn't overvalue your own life either. I mean, yeah, I know you think it's precious to you and it is to you, but you're just one of like 7 billion people and you are not important. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Like you, like when you, somebody, you get fired or you leave a job and you're like, oh, they're going to miss me. Oh man. They're going to be, they're going to be sorry when I'm gone. No, they're not. No, they're glad you're gone. Everybody's glad you're gone. <laughs> there was a lady once I worked at a country club um, and the lady who ran the country club died tragically in a motorcycle accident, just out of the blue, obviously as as you do in motorcycle accidents, it wasn't planned. <laughs> and it was a shakeup for about a week. <laughs> They're like, oh, where are we going to find all that stuff? Like, well, in her desk. Well, we don't have the key. Well, you're going to open the desk. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it lasted like a week. Um, yeah, don't overestimate your personal worth. <laughs> You're definitely not more important than anybody on the Avengers. Okay. Nobody, even the guy with the bow and arrow, definitely not as important as him. All right. You need to get a reality check about your meaningful existence <laughs> that is not meaningful or useful. And so uh, we would all do well to stop protecting our long, boring lives as Americans and spend your life for a minute on something you care about. Go to a mosh pit, do some drugs, have some sex. I don't give a crap. Do something with your life other than protect your life. Ugh. It becomes ironically the way to lead a useless life, to protect your life at all costs and not stand for anything. I think Americans are great at that, becoming very selfish and self-centered and what's in it for me and just holding on as long as they possibly can watching TV, eating food, and doing nothing with their lives. <laughs> Before you start judging a drug addict, you should look at your own addictions to your own pointless life. I mean, really, who's hurting the world more? A homeless person that uses no resources? that does drugs whenever they possibly can or you flying around the world, having massive parties, uh, even though there's a coronavirus devastating the world, uh, you in your cars, you like, like the amount of resources America uses in relationship to our, uh, you know, percentage of population globally is just catastrophic. I mean, it's just off the charts. We just, we, we are just like parasites just eating and consuming, eating and consuming and, 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 and spewing waste all over the place. You know, like we've got to have these cows, you know, that just 
throw methane all over the world. And so, uh, yeah, like really you might, yeah, if, if you're feeling judgment about a, a, a homeless drug addict, you might take a minute and sideline that judgment for yourself and how you actually are more of a drain on society than, than the homeless person. But at any rate, uh, <laughs> I love to know where this stuff, like, I love to see where this all goes. I, um, ultimately that's kind of who I am as a, the wake up guy. I'm your alarm clock. That's me yelling at you to wake up. And so it doesn't mean I don't love you. It just means you need to wake up and realize that you live in the richest country in the world and not only in the world, but in the history of humanity and veterans and senior citizens and kids are living on the streets, starving with no shelter. Okay. You need to wake up because that's not cool. All right. There's a lot of things that are not cool in the world and that's one of them. And so, and don't, come asking me, well, what can I do? What can I do? It's not my responsibility to tell you what to do. It's your responsibility to do something. Okay. I'm doing the thing. Okay. A, I'm yelling at you right now. That counts. B, in a little bit, I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to go to the food bank and I'm going to hand out some food to people that are hungry. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to yell at people in a different place. Mostly I like yelling at people. It's just what I do. You know, <laughs> it's what brings me most joy is to sit in my own angst and anger and hatred, yelling at people on different channels, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. I'm over there now on, on a uh, parlor. going to try and start a riot over on parlor. <laughs> Have you heard of parlor? It's where all the, the real conservatives are going because uh, Fox isn't conservative enough for them anymore. They're too much like the news and not enough like uh, conservative Trumpism propaganda. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to go over there and start a fight. Yeah. I mean, a verbal fight, like, you know, because we need to keep talking about these issues and all of you people that keep your heads down because you're afraid are culpable. You're culpable in all of it, okay? So you tell me who's worse for humanity, a Trumpster that's trying to fight for their their leader who they believe in, who is like they believe is uh, standing up for them more so than the liberals, and I can't say I disagree. He's like standing up for their values and sticking up for them. Or you, a moderate liberal who just keeps your head down and says, shit, who's worse? You're letting the guy win because you don't say anything because you're too afraid. Who's worse? Who's worse? Who's worse? The, the Nazi guard exterminating Jews or the people in the village next door doing nothing about it. Who's worse? 
All right. That's where we're at right now. Who's worse, the villain or the person that lets the villain be the villain? My vote is the person that lets the villain be the villain. And I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to, I'm not going out of fear to cower to anybody uh, because I don't know what's going to happen to me. I know what's going to happen to the world if I don't stand up and other people don't stand up. The villain is going to win. See? So, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so, I was over here at Houseless M, twitter.com slash Houseless M. You, like, if you're, you want to be, you want to feel bad more, if you're, if you've, if you haven't gotten enough of feeling like shit in this hour, come over here where I show you all the tragedy of homelessness. Um, let me go through, like, I want to talk about this article. Uh, KGW8. Where we all go, I think. No, we don't. Where is this out of? Portland, Oregon. Okay. Uh, the headline is with limited shelter space, advocates worry Bend Man, Bend, Oregon. Have you ever been there? Ooh, beautiful place, beautiful place. Won't be only homeless person to die in the cold. It's impossible to miss the growing number of people living on the streets in frigid temperatures. And of course, it's true in Bend or in Portland, but it's true everywhere. On Tuesday, one of those people was found dead in Bend when the temperatures dropped well below freezing. Doesn't that sound like uh, a good song title, Dead in Bend? Uh, I should write that down. I'd like to be a songwriter. His name was Dave. He was homeless. He was a double amputee. He couldn't get into the shelter, even though he tried. Okay. That's some good writing right there. Incidentally, his name was Dave. He was homeless. He was a double amputee. He couldn't get into the shelter, even though he tried. Very nice writing. Uh, Maggie Vespa, KGW staff writer. Nice writing. Like it. Uh, double amputee. Like, this is what bothers me. Okay. At what point are we like, well, that sucks. That can't happen. A double amputee couldn't get into the shelter and he's dead. You know why? Because we all look the other way. How many people saw Dave rolling around town with nowhere to go and did nothing? A lot. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. Many people in Bender heartbroken. Some knew Dave and tried to help. Melody Horner started a GoFundMe page to pay for a hotel room. That's good job. Oh, she made $1,200. That's very Okay, good. All right, Melody. Good job. Good. Good. Good job, Melody. See, I appreciate that. To pay for a hotel room. But she said local hotels wouldn't take him because he didn't have identification. There's a piece of shit hotel in my town um, that refuses a veteran when I take him. I, last winter, and man, oh, I hate that. I hate that owner. I hate him with a passion. I hate him. I hate him. So literally, I would try to take this veteran in to a hotel who, you know, had pissed and shit himself. But it's the middle of winter. What do you want me to do? Spray him down with a hose on the fucking street? I need to get him in to the hotel so I can get him a shower. All right. All right. The guy wouldn't take, let him in the hotel. 
The veteran had money. The veteran had ID. And may I say, he was a veteran. And that asshole that ran that hotel would not let him in. Because you know why? Because he didn't like the way he looked. And the guy had, he did nothing wrong. He was, he's not, he wouldn't, he's not a bad guy to have at your hotel. Nothing, nothing. He's a loner. He just likes to drink by himself. Okay. The guy needed to get out of the cold and because, and, and they had to amputate toes eventually that winter, last winter, because, you know, frostbite, he couldn't get into the hotel. So this local hotel wouldn't take, uh, in bend, wouldn't take Dave because he didn't have identification. You know, there's a human standing in front of you. Okay. A human. That's a human being because he doesn't have a piece of plastic. You're not going to let him in your hotel. The morning that I got the news of his passing, I cried, said Melody Horner. It hurt to know that he was out there and we were trying to get him the help that he needed. And it was just too late. Now, homeless advocates are worried what happened today will happen again in more places. Of course it will. It happens every winter. Mind you, it is the middle of November. Winter hasn't even started. Okay. There's limited resources, says Colleen Thomas with the Homeless Leadership Coalition. There's limited bed availability. He was on every wait list possible. Every wait list possible. Wasn't like he had just given up, which can you blame people when they read stories like this and they read, I don't know if you know that, but homeless people can read, they can process because they're humans and they're not stupid. They read this stuff and they're like, screw it. The dire problem of limited resources is one plaguing several communities, including the Portland area. It it, it plagues all communities, all communities. Tell me one community that has enough resources for their homeless people. Tell me one. Even if you have one homeless person, I guarantee you don't have enough resources for them. You know why? Because you don't want to take care of them. If you have 10, eventually you get two beds because you're like, well, this is looking embarrassing for our community. We better get a bed. (sighs) Not because they care. They just feel embarrassed. Uh, Including Portland. Uh, Multoma County was always touted as having enough beds for the area's homeless when severe weather hits. They all say they do. Mayor Dan Horgan of Akron says that bullshit constantly. But the pandemic has brought their normally reliable system crumbling to the ground. Cramming people into crowded rooms is no longer an option. Our homeless service providers are going to have a meeting here in Akron, Ohio, which maybe I think has between a 500 and a thousand uh, homeless people. Uh, It's an easy number. It's a totally easy number. Uh, If Portland had only 500 or a thousand homeless people, they would be dancing in the streets. But it's always too much because they barely do enough. They don't do enough. They don't. They they do. They do enough to make it look like they're doing something, which is, um, they all hate the homeless. The homeless service providers hate the homeless. They they judge them and they hate them. Okay. Um. 
and amid historic unemployment, the rate of homelessness appears to be rising. Duh. Unemployment, evictions, and uh, social distancing equals more people living on the street. Am I a genius for realizing that? Am I like, are you like, wow, Sage, you're so smart. You put three sentences together and made a conclusion. How do you do it? Yep, that's me. I'm like the Superman of connecting dots. Thanks to COVID-19, we cannot guarantee that everyone who needs it will have shelter on the worst nights of the year, says Multoma County Chair Deborah Kofi uh, said on October 30th. That's nationwide, people. Late last month, officials sounded an unprecedented alarm, begging the public for any large open space. Well, that'd be nice. This week, the Columbian report reported officials in Clark County are in the same boat, searching for enough severe weather shelter spaces to house everyone living on the streets and around Vancouver. All the while, temperatures are dropping as we are like, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. Do you know what we have in Akron? Countless schools not being used. There you go again, me being a genius. Schools empty, have been empty for months, will be empty for the coming months. Wait, Sage, are you saying we could put homeless people in schools that no one's using? Oh, did I just rock your world? My genius knows no bounds. Literally, schools all over the country in these cities are empty, and we're like, I don't know where to put homeless people. Jesus Christ. What we're doing now is folks are looking at those leads places. Do they actually fit the criteria we've set out? Who owns them? What do they look like? And site visits are happening. Oh my God. Who owns them? Does that even matter? Uh, Portlanders should, I'll tell you what it matters. They won't let me to help because you know, I'm me. Can't let Sage help make him look too good. In Clark County, officials said they're working to find more space too, leaning on churches and motel vouchers as much as possible. I yelled at a local church. They're trying to raise $1.5 million to fix their bell tower. And I'm like, you know, you have homeless people roaming all around your church. Why don't you take that $1.5 million and shelter homeless people? And they're like, it's a historic building. Like, why don't you come and blah, blah, blah. Why don't you? we have food? I'm like, you know what we need right now? Shelter space. Why don't you let people live in your church with your $1.5 million stupid bell tower? Of course they won't do it. You know why? You know why churches won't? Because old rich people don't like homeless people either. They're skeezed out about poor people. Literally, I don't even know why they're Christians. They're just doing it because they literally think it's going to get them into heaven. That's like, they're so insane. They go to church. A lot of Catholics go to church just to be safe. So stupid. You think God's that stupid? Jesus Christ. Jesus. Oh. Still, Laura Ellsworth, strategic partnership manager for Council Homeless, said there will probably be people in need of shelter this winter that can't get probably. I mean, it could happen. I mean, it'd be weird. It'd be really weird, but it, could, it happens every winter, lady. Well, that's the end of the article. All right. That's, that's kind of. All right. Uh. 
Oh, here. You remember it was Veterans Day this week? Did you forget? It was Veterans Day. Advocates fear a rise. This is from 13newsnow.com in, uh, I don't know where, Norfolk, Virginia. Advocates fear rise in homeless veterans due to COVID-19 pandemic. While communities fight to reduce the speed of the virus, advocates for veterans want to make sure unsheltered veterans have necessary resources. This just in, veterans are unsheltered. Does that bother you at all? No? Oh, it bothers me, Sage. I don't know what to do. Yell at your church. Put them in the freaking sewer. Put them in a, a, put a tent out on the street. I don't give a crap. Do something. <sighs> don't bring them into your house, though. I'm serious. I hate when people like, why don't you just bring them into your house? Do not, do not, do not bring homeless people into your own house. Um, there are people that can do it. Um, uh, there are people, friends of mine that shelter homeless people in their house and it's incredibly exhausting and, uh, you likely will never get them out, uh, because they know all the rules and the housing laws. Um, you get somebody in their, your house and they move their stuff in your house. They're not moving. Um, a, that's the first thing. And B, um, you, don't understand homeless people. <laughs> don't, don't, don't bring homeless people into your house unless uh, you know what you're doing and, and you know how to get people out of your house. <laughs> there are people, again, I wouldn't do it. <clears throat> I put them in my building. I put them in my backyard, but uh, I would not put, I would not, if, if I lived alone, I would, if I was, if I was not married and didn't have a kid, um, I would move to a community that has homeless people and I would let people move into my house. Um, but it would be very dangerous, very risky. Um, and I would take pretty serious precautions. Um, I would probably not keep most of my valuables in my house, uh, because they would get stolen. Um, you're dealing with drowning people. Okay. People, homeless people are drowning people. And, uh, I have a friend who, um, saved some young, some high school girls lives in Lake Erie. Uh, they were drowning and he went out to save them and he did save them and drown himself. Uh, this was multiple years ago and now I can't remember his name. That's terrible, but I'll, I, I need to remember his name. Uh, always that always impressed me so much. That's like, that's my ideal, right? That you would sacrifice yourself for others. That's it. I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the ultimate. And so, um, It's very similar. Um, homeless people will drown you <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing. I mean, I used to be a lifeguard. And so like they would give you all these different holds and they would tell you if they're like, all right, look, if if a person starts clawing on you and grabbing on your back, you kick them off of you and you start over again. They had a, a, um, a hair hold that would allow you to you kind of grabbed them by their hair and kept them at, at distance. 
you know, it was very specific. They spent a lot of time talking about how drowning people are dangerous. And uh, that's the same with homeless people. So do not put homeless people in your house. Um, if you're really bold, uh, you could let a homeless person live under your porch, potentially in your garage or a shed, but you need to have very specific rules about if they can come into your house to use the bathroom um, or to take a shower, like, or to use the laundry, any of those things you just like, and I'm saying even in the basement, do not, even if you separated your basement, I do not recommend letting somebody, if you don't know what you're doing, live in your basement. Uh, again, you'll never get them out. You don't have like these tenant rules don't apply to sheds and garages and, and under under porches and stuff. And they know it. But as soon as they move into your house, the law is on their side. And I'm not trying to advocate uh, against tenant laws. I'm a huge supporter of tenant laws. I'm just saying that. Um, if you like, you're like, well, I listened to that sage guy and I really want to help. So I'm going to bring homeless people into my house. No, 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 no. Do not bring homeless people into your house. Okay. Um, and like I said, if you, I'm, I'm, I'm more open to you letting them live in your garage, um, or your shed, or maybe even a tent in your backyard or under your porch, that kind of thing, but have very specific rules. And the rules would be things like, um, only you are allowed to be here. You have to, you, you have to stay, your stuff has to stay in a certain area. Um, you cannot use drugs on my property. You cannot like whatever, you know, uh, the biggest things are like, um, having friends come over and hoarding. Those are the two things that are going to uh, be the biggest issues that you're going to drive will drive you insane. No friends at your on your property and your stuff must like I my policy is if I have a homeless person on my land in a tent, my new policy is everything must be in your tent. OK, and um, that's and so, you know, if you can't keep it in your tent, it cannot be on my land. All right. So that's my personal policy. Um, that's now my only real rule. Uh, but I'm careful. I know homeless people and I'm pretty careful about who I allow move in on my land. Um, uh, and I, you know, I know, I know these people, so I know who's going to do what, you know? So I know, like, I know the loners and I know the people that will just start people. There's either there's, there's two kinds of people that um, gather people. There's people that like to have parties and gatherings. And then there's um, usually women who are taken advantage of, you know? And so you just have to be careful of both situations. So at any rate, um, There are things you can do. All right. Um, I actually recommend putting, helping somebody put a tent on like train land or um, government land, something in the woods. Uh, that's the best. I, I would, for most people, not recommend homeless people live on your own land. Um, it's you just, you have to be really you just have to be really prepared, you know? And, uh, so it would be better to help them find a place, uh, 
um, that's secluded, you know, than, uh, you know, bringing them onto your land. Uh, so at any rate, uh, this article about homeless veterans, the number of veterans experiencing homelessness de- decreased by 50% from 2010 to 2019. I do not believe that, incidentally. I just think that their counting was down. Um, however, advocates fear the c- country is trending in the wrong direction since COVID-19 pandemic uh, began. We are absolutely concerned this pandemic has continued and how much longer agencies in the community will be willing to maintain the level of service. Uh, it doesn't seem like there is an end in sight. The Associate, Associated Press report uh, Wednesday that more than 4,200 veterans have died from COVID-19. They said COVID-18, but I think it's a type of COVID-19 at hospitals and homes run by the Department of Veteran Affairs. Nearly 85,000 veterans have been infected while medical experts work uh, to... Um, Keep people healthy and happy, healthy communities, fight, blah, 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 blah. It says, according to the Department of Housing and Urban Development, 37,000 men and women who served in the U.S. military were homeless in 2019. 30,000, 37,000 military service people who had served in the U.S. military homeless in 2019. Cool? You digging it? Does anything upset you anymore? what else okay uh it says this guy says one of the biggest challenges since the pandemic involves accessibility to resources agencies are forced to change how services are delivered in some cases access is limited for example certain veterans are fighting challenges using their vouchers to find permanent housing because the housing authority might not be up and running or there might be a veteran that wants to go into substance use treatment But if it's a congregate facility, they might not have any space for the veteran because they can't keep the veteran in the shelter for as long as they'd like. Okay. Do you see what's going on here? It's a perfect storm of uh, creating homelessness for everyone. Unemployment. And and I'm not talking like I'm talking the worst kind of um, homelessness where you're outdoors. Outdoors homeless is brutal. these people end up in these non-sanctioned camps where there is no law, there is no rule, there's no order. So their stuff gets constantly stolen. They're beaten. They're harassed. Uh, A lot of times they're shook down. They have to pay a entry fee to like, like some other homeless person will say, look, if you want to camp here, you got to pay me just, it goes on and on. It's, um, uh, it's crazy. Here's an article that says this is um, homeless tents more visible this winter as COVID-19 reduces available shelter beds. I don't know where this one is from. Some people have taken notice of the growing homeless encampments on 8th Street in Tacoma. This is Tacoma. What started as a few tents in February prior to COVID-19, the camp has grown to about 23 tents and more people. Said one of the first people living there, said Tamara, uh, Tara, Tarama Nar, said she was one of the first people living there. It's grown over the past few months as people gathered in preparation for the winter. It's been cold, she says, who's 60 and is disabled. Encampments in Tacoma aren't new. The city and various service providers have been battling 
a homelessness crisis, meaning they've been battling homeless people. That's what they do. The officially declaring an emergency in 2017. But this year, as the weather worsens for the winter, people around Tacoma might notice more people living outside than usual. Our shelters have been working in close partnership with the Tacoma Pierce County Health Department to employ safety measures, which includes social distancing, which has reduced the amount of shelter availability we have. And typically when the weather gets colder, they are able to expand shelter. We usually get nearly 200 extra shelter beds when it's colder, but they can't do that right now because of the pandemic. So that's why they're becoming a little more visible right now. If individual housing options are not available, allow people who are living unsheltered or encampments to remain where they are, stated CDC guidelines. Clearing encampments can cause people to disperse throughout the community and break connections with service providers. This increases the potential for infectious disease spread. This is what the CDC has said, okay? Clearing encampments can cause people to disperse throughout the community and break connections with service providers. This increases the potential for increased infectious disease spread, okay? It breaks connections with service providers. Do, do you understand that? When you displace homeless people, when you, when you sweep camps and shut down camps, these people have to rebuild all of their connections again with no resources, no identification, no money, no food. You usually throw away all their belongings, and you force them to do it again, and you don't care. You don't care as a city. That's what goes on, all right? Um, they have these, like, warming centers that are, like, cities have that are open during the day sometimes. Cities open a warming center, uh, which will be available overnight. Oh, wow, that's amazing. When the weather is forecast to be 35 degrees or lower, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's really, really great. Uh that I need to look into. That's in Tacoma. Very nice. 35 degrees or lower. That is, that's great. It's an extremely complex situation, says this human. We have a housing crisis right now. We have a pandemic right now. We have an opioid crisis right now. We have mental health issues going on. So when you look at all these things that are laying on top of each other that we're trying to address, it makes it very challenging. This is nationwide. All of those things, housing crisis, pandemic, opioids, mental health. That's going on in Tacoma. That's going on in Cleveland. That's going on in Detroit, Akron, San Francisco, San Diego. You name it. It's going on in all the cities. I feel very optimistic that we'll be able to provide and set up very quickly some additional space for people as the weather gets colder. Really? Um, then, of course, they got complaints because of trash on 8th Street in Yakima. Uh, so, and that's all that matters. If somebody complains, homeless people got to go. They got to go. Somebody complained. You know what? What about people living on the street? Is anybody going to complain about that? No, the trash, though, Sage, the trash. All right. Yeah. These people complaining because they live near it. Anyways, I don't need to go on and on, do I? Um, we got to wake up. There's veterans living on the street. I have a woman right now who is nine months pregnant living on the street. Nine months. Okay. She's going to be due and she's living on the street. Is that acceptable to you? Veterans, the guy that got died, uh, the double amputee. He was on every list imaginable, froze to death. This is a disaster. 
a humanitarian disaster by a country that refuses to do anything. They can do things. They could fix it, but they won't. And that makes it worse. That makes it the worst tragedy in the history of humanity, refusing to care for anybody. Veterans, pregnant women, senior citizens, disabled people, mentally ill people. Doesn't matter. You're all eligible to die on the streets of the United States of America. Peace out, everybody. I'll see you later. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide.